him so highly, so I want to keep learning from him. So I learned today that if y'all get sleepy, I will cough really loudly into this mic and everything will be transformed. Uh, so just beware of that. I do know it is, it is uh, we're tired. I, I get that. Um, let's pray the Lord will just give us fresh grace to focus a couple of last times uh, on his precious word. So Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, we'll start reading in verse uh, 13. Jesus' words, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. The narrow way. This passage of scripture here is full of of warnings. And uh, some of you may say, I am sick and tired of warnings. Uh, As long as I've been alive, I heard warnings like, don't run with sharp objects. And uh, little five-year-old, don't cross the street without your mom or dad. Be careful, don't play in the street. And then as I've gotten older, you might say, uh, now it is, um, don't drive too fast. Um, uh, d- be, be, be careful for, for you know, what friends you keep. Uh, watch out what you're seeing on social media. Uh, be careful for what you're listening to or watching. Uh, be careful for who's influencing you. And you may say, I am sick and tired of, uh, of warnings. And my children may say, amen, you know. But let me assure you, yes, warnings can be overdone for sure, uh, even by parents sometimes. But warnings are so often a function of loving care. If that parent did not love that five-year-old, they would say, I don't care, you can play in the street, it's fine with me. Or for, if the parent didn't care about the, the young driver, they'd say, drive as fast as you want, life is a video game, enjoy yourself, it's no big deal. But because they care and because they love, they say, take care, beware, watch out. Jesus here, I assure you, loves, loves his children far better than any flawed parent does. Amen? And Jesus, in love, in loving care, gives these warnings. He's not throwing out warnings just so that he, because he thinks it's fun to be bossy. He's throwing out warnings as a function of loving care. Watch out. Take care. Uh, beware. Look out. Take care. Beware. These are, these are coming Remember who spoke these words, they're not isolated words, these are, these are the words of the one who went to Calvary's cross. These are, these are the words of the one who humbled himself to come down to earth to speak to human beings with words of grace and words of loving care. So we see 
the goodness of Jesus, the kindness of Jesus in giving us these warnings. And so, I know it's late, I know it's Tuesday night, but we do well. We do well to take his, his warning seriously. We do well to take his warning seriously. You might say, well, why, is it, why is it so loving, these warnings? Well, we won't spend a lot of time on the false prophets, but he, he gives us a, a picture here. Beware, be careful, warning for the false prophets because they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. So Jesus is saying there is, there is potential destruction here. There is danger here. So because of the danger of the ravening wolves, take care. Because by embracing and walking by their false ideals, it's going to be more destructive to us than we can fully grasp. So the Alabama Department of Transportation um, and other states as well, they have these signs on the interstate that say, for one direction, that say, do not enter. So we say, this Alabama Department of Transportation, typical bureaucrats, I tell you what. Or they say, that's a loving warning from, the, from ADOT. From, I think that's what y'all are called. We're TDOT. That's, that's what it is. It's a loving warning. Don't enter here. Because if you enter here, you're going to be coming into ongoing traffic. There's going to be great, great danger. Do not enter. Beware. Take care. Be careful. Good warnings. Needed warnings. So Jesus, in this passage of Scripture, has many warnings. He, he's giving us here, in this passage... Um, life guidance, the best of life guidance. We have here in verse 13 of Matthew 7, Jesus is speaking of the straight gate. That's the old English spelling. It means a narrow, that means a narrow gate. So you have the narrow gate and the narrow or compressed way. And then you have the, the broad gate, the wide gate and the broad way. Easy to see uh, this, this word picture, but still potent and powerful. So Jesus is speaking of this, you're, you're traveling along and there's a, a, a narrow gate, you have to squeeze, squeeze in to get in this narrow gate, and then it's a narrow passageway. And then you have this wide gate, it's pretty easy to go down, and you have this broad path, a broad road, a broad street, and there's, there's numerous lanes, and there's lots of folks on it, and there's, it's, it's easy to get on Broadway. There are, just in prepping for this message, there's all kind of different things that people say about this passage, and I'm just going to say what my best shot is, okay? Here's my summary statement for the narrow, what is this narrow way? The narrow gate and walking the narrow way, what is that? As simply as I can understand it, it's trusting in Jesus alone for one's salvation, which results in a lifestyle of trusting in Jesus and following him. Let me say that again. The narrow way is trusting in Jesus alone for one's salvation, which results in a lifestyle of trust in Jesus and following him. Now, let me flesh that out a little bit. Let's go to Luke chapter 13. This is the Luke account of the same teaching of Jesus on this narrow way. And in Luke 13, it says in verse 23 that as Jesus was going along teaching, that one said to him, Lord... Are there few that be saved? You know, it's, it's good to have theological questions. Sometimes it's very good. And then sometimes people are just trying to pick a fight, right? And so this guy, maybe he's like, I, I've been arguing with these people about, you know, is there few saved or many saved? I'm going to go win the argument. Or maybe it's a very legitimate question. Regardless, notice how Jesus doesn't say, hey, man, let's get, some, get a pen and pad out. We're going to do some numbers. And I'll tell you the exact percentages of the people who will be saved and won't, saved, won't be saved. He didn't do that. 
He made it very personal for the person who's asking the question, didn't he? Very personal for him. And he said it to him, implied you, imperative, you strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and has shut the door, and, be, and, begin, and ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us, and he shall answer and say to you, I know not whence you are. Then shall ye begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence. Thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know not whence ye are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. So Jesus doesn't directly answer the man's question. He does say there will be many who will have thought to have been in who won't be in, but he doesn't directly answer the man's question, but he does say this, where are you at, essentially, to the man? And so I ask you that tonight, young people, where are you with God? Because Jesus turned this back on the questioner and said, you strive, you strive to enter in at the straight gate. So where are you at? Here in Luke, there were some, and in Matthew's account, there were some who were surprised that they would be left out. There, there, there's some who would thought they would enter. And it's not because um, people are trying to be saved and can't be saved, but it's they're entering in the wrong way, entering in the wrong way. Let me think of it this way. And what Jesus had reference to for these folks, as you can see from the context, very religious people, very devoted people, very sacrificial people, but they were trying to enter in. They thought, they thought the gate, that, that gate was their own goodness, their own performance, their own righteousness before God. So let's, let's think of it this way. This helps me in my mind break it down. Broadway, let's think of Broadway as having various lanes, okay? And we'll talk about at least two of those lanes. Broadway has various lanes. Big, wide highway has various lanes. And one of those lanes is the lane of self-righteousness. That's what these folks in this immediate context were dealing with. Lord, I mean, <laughs> you've eaten with us. You've taught in our streets. I mean, we heard you preach. That's got to count for something. Lord, we've, we have done many religious deeds. We have sacrificed. We have poured ourselves out. We've prophesied in your name. We've, we've done great things in your name. And that's one lane is the lane of self-righteousness. There may be some of you here tonight who were raised in godly Christian homes, and if you were, praise be to the Lord for that. And you may think, listen, I've heard a thousand sermons. I know the Bible verses. And I can quote you scripture after scripture on doctrinal points. I can explain or try to explain the Trinity to you. I make good grades. I, I, don't, I don't get in trouble. I don't, I don't do drugs. I don't look at pornography. I, I'm a high achiever. I do a job. I do it well. I get it done. Maybe some who are, you're, you're just, you're good at everything that you do. You're athletic, perhaps. You're smart. Um, uh, you, 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 everything you do, you're good at. You're, you can fix things. And so you're, you may not be used to, to feeling needy, to feeling like you're lacking. You remember the first sermon of the, of the week? Feeling like you're lacking. I'm, uh, poverty of spirit, hungering and thirsting for righteousness. So you might think, I can, I can come to God on my own terms. I mean, I, I, I do a lot better than some folks do. Let me tell you, there are various lanes on Broadway, and that's one of them. And it leads to destruction. It leads to destruction. You see, there's a difference in saying, I can, I am, I can trust my performance. I am good. 
I am, I've done lots of great things. I can compare myself to others and look very good compared to them. But what that essentially is doing is coming to God full. It's coming to God full of self-righteousness. It's coming to God full of my performance. As we sang it earlier, how, do, how does God bring people to himself? I come broken to be mended. I come wounded to be healed. I come empty to be filled. This, the, the one that God brings to himself, the one that enter, enters in the narrow, narrow way, the narrow gate and travels on the narrow way, they come empty of their own righteousness. They, they, they see a holy God and compared with the holy God, they're exposed with their, with their sin. Last Sunday we were in Luke chapter 5 and Peter is fishing with Jesus and, and Jesus says, Peter, let's go out fishing. And Peter says, Lord, we've done this. We already tried tonight. We didn't catch any fish. But okay, at your word, we'll do it. I'll respect your word, we'll do it. And they let down their nets and tons of fish come in. More fish than Peter had ever caught in his life. And Peter's response is, Lord, go away from me. I'm a sinful man. You see, when you see the majesty and the holiness of God, no matter, no matter how many things you haven't done, bad things, no matter how many things you have done, good things you think, they're never enough to measure up to the standard of a holy and a perfect and a righteous God. And so the narrow way is entering, the narrow gate is entering in through Jesus saying, Lord, I am exposed in my sin. I, I have nothing to bring to you. Empty, empty in my hands, uh, simply to your cross, Lord, I, I cling. So that's one lane of, of Broadway. The other, other lane of Broadway we talk about is the lane of the prodigal. I'm not trying to be self-righteous. I'm the prodigal. I want to live wild and free. I am sick of rules. I don't care what mom or dad say. I don't care what God says. I want to taste of the forbidden fruit. And I will lie my way to it. I will cheat my way to it. I will sneak and deceive my way to it. But I'm going to have my forbidden fruit. And I don't care, I don't care what rules I break. I'm living wild. I'm living free. I'm living for me. Nobody can tell me what to do or how to live. Anybody attracted by that lane? It's attractive, isn't it? It's attractive. But it's also, because every lane on Broadway does it, it also leads to utter destruction, to destruction. So here's a key that whatever lane on Broadway that someone may be on, Broadway is big on self. Broadway is big on self. Your performance, your goodness, your ability, your pride, you're having your own way. You traveling in the way that you see fit. You, you having a world that, is, that you're pursuing a world that's catered to your wants and your wishes. But all of those lanes lead to utter destruction. And you know what? Human beings are so, we are so wretchedly blind and we're so hardened in our heart that we would stay on Broadway, whatever lane of Broadway, we would stay on Broadway no matter how many warnings that we're given. But I want to tell you tonight that Jesus Christ is in the business of plucking people off of Broadway, off of various lanes, and putting them through the, through the narrow gate and onto the narrow way. And with these people, he shows them how beautiful that narrow gate is. You see, Broadway becomes less attractive to them. Broadway becomes less appealing to them. And they see that, that, that narrow gate is beautiful. That narrow way, I see people walking in that way. I want to walk that way. Because Broadway had great promises but boy, the fruits were bitter. Broadway was fun initially. Broadway seemed to click initially, but Broadway has brought great damage and great destruction. 
So Jesus, Jesus Christ is that narrow way. You know these words of Jesus in John chapter 14, verse 6. Aren't you glad that he doesn't hide what the narrow way? He doesn't keep it a mystery from us. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I am the way. I am the path. I am the road to the Father, and no one comes but through me. Jesus would say in John 10, I am the door of the sheep. That he that entereth in by me shall be saved. He'll go in and out and shall find pasture. So that straight gate, that narrow gate, is none other than, than Jesus Christ. In the book of Genesis, when Jacob was, was running away from home, he laid down and he went to sleep. And there was a glorious vision that he had in his sleep. And it was a vision that coming down from heaven was a, a ladder. And going up and down on the ladder were angels. They were ascending and descending, going up and down on the ladder. And Jacob woke up, and he was a changed man. And he said, this is, a, this is an awesome place. This is, this, is, this is the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. This is the gate of heaven. Jesus Christ, in John chapter 1, referenced that, said, that's talking about me. There is a, there's a, a wide, wide gap, a wide chasm between a holy God and between people who are traveling on various lanes of Broadway, and maybe even switching lanes from time to time, right? But there is a way. There is a way, and that way is Jesus Christ. By his perfect life and death and resurrection, Christ is bringing people to himself, bringing people off of Broadway through the narrow way. And so God bringing people to himself, because we would never come on our own. Again, we would never get off of Broadway. But God in kindness, God in grace, brings uh, sinners to the narrow way, and he brings them like this. They don't say, I'll come to God on my own terms. They say, my sins are exposed, and I have no argument. My sins are exposed, and I have no justification or excuse. My sins are exposed, and I need, I need covering. I need, I need refuge. I need shelter from the judgment that I deserve. Coming to the narrow way that God brings us to is this spirit, this attitude without, without Jesus. I'm, I'm lost. I'm condemned. I'm hopeless. I'm dirty. I'm defiled. But in him, I'm cleansed. I'm forgiven. I'm redeemed. I'm made right with God. I have a true and a solid hope. I want you to know, and don't you know, I hope you know, can you see, can you see that this straight gate is beautiful? This straight, great, straight gate is, is precious. It's so valuable. Many don't see it, but those who by grace see it, they enter in this narrow way and on this, uh, to travel on this narrow path. So, so faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that God gives and this life of faith, which is, is a, a continual life of following after him, is this narrow path. It's this narrow path. It's a narrow path continuing on this journey of warring and struggling against sin and the flesh, growing in Christ, seeking to apply his word to our lives and come under his authority. On the narrow way, on this path, there are storms, there are, uh, there's opposition, and there's sometimes when those who are on the narrow way, they begin to, to veer off the path and God in grace brings them back to the path. There's dangers on the path. There's enemies that assault us on the path. But it's a, it's a glorious path. Hebrews 3 says it this way, talking about the 
the dangers, the temptations. In Hebrews 3, verse 12, he, the writer says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our con- confidence, our faith, steadfast to the end. It, it could be said there, we, we have been made is the idea. We have been made partakers of Christ. Here's, here's the evidence that we've truly been brought to Christ is if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. That is this, that if we continue on the narrow way, pursuing after Christ, warring with our flesh, with all of the ups and the downs and the falls and the recoveries, if we continue in this path to the end, it's proof. It's the proof. It's not the cause. It's the proof that we've been given a portion in Jesus. Now, in this passage, Jesus is not saying, guys, you've got to work really hard in order to to get justified. You've got to work really hard in order to get your sins forgiven. Jesus is saying that the evidence that you're on the path is that you keep on the path. The evidence that you're truly on the narrow, you've come through that narrow gate and you're on the path is that you keep walking on this path with all of the storms, with all of the challenges, with, with the, the wise, the, the just man falls seven times and rises again, with all of that, the evidence that you truly have been brought through the gate is that you continue on this path. So Christ, in this Sermon on the Mount, he is he is calling us, he's calling the, the, the listeners to this life of trusting in him alone, not in outward righteousness, not in the Lord, Lord, we've done all this for you, but Lord, I trust in you and in you alone. Let's talk about Broadway again. This is, this is what we say real talk, right? This is real talk. Jesus says, broad is the way, or wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. He is saying, he's making it clear that it will be easy. It's easy to travel on on Broadway. Broadway is exciting. There's not much opposition on Broadway. There's lots of people on Broadway. You don't get a lot of weird looks on Broadway. You can just find your lane. You can find your lane and fit in, and Broadway is exciting. And the enemy is ever seeking to to distract us from the narrow way, ever seeking to get our eyes off of Jesus in whatever way that that may be. So whether it be the false prophets, the false prophets who will tell you about a a Jesus that will give give you everything you want, or just the temptations of Satan to, to dull us to sleep. You know that true Christians, one of Satan's strategies for us is to is to make us see Jesus as dull and boring. And to to be tempted to believe the lie that there's a more thrilling life out there. There's a more exciting life out there. Even true believers can get there. Satan wants to distract us from the narrow way. And that's the time we need to pray like Brother Jamie preached this morning. Well, Father, give me your spirit that that I will see clearly that Jesus is the the, the more satisfying way, not the way of the forbidden fruit. So Jesus is saying, this is, this is dangerous. Many are traveling down Broadway. It's a way that leads to destruction. Many, it'll be easy to go that way. So let me just say this. Just like we, 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 uh, we try, we teach our kids to be, and, and ourselves to be, especially in an increasingly violent world, to be street smart, right? I'm not paranoid or overly fearful about this, but I teach my kids, you know, when I go, when I go to the gas station I don't, and get out and pump my gas, I'm not looking at my phone and distracted. I'm 
I'm just kind of alert to what's going around. Crazy stuff happens. I'm not trying to be paranoid. I'm not trying to be overly fearful. I just want to be street smart. You know that spiritually we need to be street smart. Because there's false prophets with false messages, whether it be a religious false prophet or a, or a secular prophet who just would, would seek to, to, again, turn our focus and our eyes and our hearts away from, from Christ. So it would be naive to walk through life um, just for physical safety without street smarts. No caution, no, no discernment, just go wherever, no cautions. And, and just the same, it's foolish to walk through life, to walk through life listening to the messages of the world with some kind of, of being naive. The Bible's outdated or limited. Throw off rules and constraint. Rebellion's cool. Those are false prophet of the world messages. You be your own boss. Don't, don't let people make your life for you. You decide who you are. There's, there's many paths to God. But Jesus said about, this, about these false prophets, he says, you'll know them by their fruit. So, let me just say this, who, who, young people, are you allowing to significantly influence your lives? Think about that for a moment. Hopefully it's great people, but just think about that. Who are the people that you are allowing to significantly influence your lives, to even guide your lives? And think about their lives for a moment, the fruits of their lives. Do the fruits of their lives, are they the fruits of the Spirit? Are the, are the fruits of their lives fruits that bring glory to God? Proverbs thirteen twenty says, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. He that walks with wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. So it is, it is fashionable to walk down Broadway. It's exciting in many ways. It's popular. You don't, again, have to stick out or stand out uncomfortably on Broadway. But it's also deadly. Listen to Jesus' words. The broad way leads to destruction. This word destruction is, is uh, used several times in Scripture. It's, it's, it's translated one time, damnation, waste. Romans 9, it speaks of the, the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. It is the word for Judas, the son of perdition or destruction, is the idea of, of, of utter loss and ruin. Of utter loss and ruin. Proverbs 24 tells us to, to not fret ourselves of evil men or be desirous at the wicked. Why do you think that there's so many warnings in Proverbs like that? Don't, don't, don't be envious of the wicked. Don't be envious of the one who's traveling down Broadway. Because sometimes we just frankly believe that's a better life. And we're, we're, we're tempted to think that's a better, more thrilling, more satisfying life. But here the clear, the words of Jesus and the clear words of the proverb, don't be desirous of the wicked for there shall be no reward to the evil man. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. It'll be put out. So enter into the straight gate and walk in the narrow way. So this narrow way, it's, it's literally the word compressed. So think of the, 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 the expression, it says squeeze in somewhere. So we have a two-car space, uh, parking space carport, and sometimes I get in too close, I'm on the left hand side, I get in too close, and I have to open the door and squeeze out of there, so I'm trying to stay thin, uh, so I can do that, because it happens a lot, and, and just squeeze this tight space, it's a hard space, I've got to get through there though. That's what, that's, what, that's what following Jesus is a little bit like sometimes. It squeezes in 
on the desires of our flesh, it's hard sometimes. It's, it's the good life, it's the satisfying life, it's the best life, but it squeezes in. This life of denying sinful flesh, of resisting temptation, of being the one who, listen, you only have to be a, a, almost a halfway following Jesus to stand out in this world, right? You don't, we, don't, we need to be more than halfway, you get me right, but you don't have to do much to stand out in this world and get the weird looks and the strange comments or maybe worse. So it, it squeezes. It's a tight spot. And Jesus is clearly communicating here, wanting us to know this narrow way, it's, it's not always comfortable. This narrow way is rarely popular. This narrow way may bring mocking and ridicule, there is pressure on this way. There is hardship on this way. There's lots of self-denial on this way. But the Lord Jesus says it is the only way. It is the only way, and it's far, far more than worth it. So let's think about a couple of things to encourage us and to equip us in walking on this narrow way. And one is this, is that we must resist being a slave to present comfort. We must resist being a slave to present comfort comfort. If, 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 all, if our default mode for making choices is just my present comfort, we will fall over so easily. So, you know, I, I, um, it, would be, it would be more comfortable in the moment, right, to, to go along with the crowd to, let's just say, go somewhere you shouldn't go, be involved in something that you shouldn't do. That's, that's a Broadway thing. But it would be presently more comfortable just to, to go along it will be present pain to say, I can't go along. It will be present pain to endure the ridicule or whatever. It, it, will be, it will be present pain to say no to a strong, sinful desire. It will be present pain to metaphorically cut off the right hand or the right eye, as Brother Jeremiah preached to us last night. Presently painful. Oh, but far, far worth it, right? Far worth it. So we must resist being a slave to present comfort. The, the Christian cannot live. We cannot live based upon momentary gratification. We have to live with a, a bigger perspective, a long-term perspective. This idea of, like we heard today, laying up treasures in heaven, living more than just for the, for the moment, but a bigger perspective. In 2 Timothy 4, I won't turn there, but, but Paul, there's a contrast there. Paul speaks of, of all those who love the appearing of Jesus. That means folks who, who are, love Jesus so much that they anticipate his return and they, they long for his return because he is their ultimate joy. And he contrasts them with Demas. Demas was a man who had traveled with Paul. He was a man who had preached the gospel. And yet we find in Paul's last letter that he wrote, he says, Demas has forsaken me. He didn't love Christ's appearing, having loved this present world. He loved Broadway. Whatever brought, whether, whether Broadway meant an easier life, no persecution, or Broadway meant a more comfortable life, or a life to indulge, indulge my sinful flesh, whatever Demas' particular thing was, he forsook because he loved. He, he loved. He gave himself over to present comfort. He loved this present world. So this narrow way, it, it, it is tight, and it does squeeze us. But we must not live as slaves for present comfort, but we must, we must remind ourselves of the worth of Jesus. Listen, this is the one, this is the one who told us about a father in heaven. This is the one who told us about a father who hears us. This is the one who tells us about the glory of heaven. 
that await the poor in spirit and those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And so we resist being a slave to present comfort. We keep our eyes on Christ and the the worth of him above the, the eternal glory with Christ far outweighs all the temporary, quickly disappearing pleasures of sin. So let me just say this in encouraging. What does it mean? What, is, what does it look like? What does it look like to keep to, to walk on this narrow path? It looks like this. This is my encouragement for you tonight. Is to keep trusting and resting in Jesus alone. Keep trusting. Keep, keep believing what we sing. Keep singing and believing this. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part but the whole is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, O my soul. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly, fully lean on Jesus' name. That's what it means to keep walking the narrow way, keep resting fully, completely, totally upon Christ. It means this, keep keep battling to find your joy and contentment in the Lord and not in circumstances. That's a narrow way. Broadway, they don't do that on Broadway. On Broadway, it's all, all about me, the present moment. But the narrow way says, I'm going I'm to keep seeking to find my joy, my contentment in Christ, no matter what I have or don't have at my present station or situation in life. To travel on the narrow way means to keep humbling ourselves before God's word and to keep growing in the wisdom of his word, that's a narrow way. Because on Broadway, they don't order their lives around God's word. They order their lives around their own desires, their own pleasures. But on Broadway, on the narrow way, we order our lives around around God's word and seek his wisdom. On the narrow way, we we keep making war on our sin. We, We keep doing battle with it, as Brother Jeremiah preached last night. We keep enduring for Jesus' sake because we are not a slave to present comfort. We see the glory of Christ. We see it's far worth it, whatever the difficulties we may endure, that we keep enduring the weird looks and the negative stereotypes or, or worse. The narrow way is, is that we keep trying to honor the Lord in our relationships like we've heard this week. We, we, we apply the message on uh, on be angry and sin not. We, we apply the message on dealing with our sinful anger, responding, we cutting off the process, as Brother Lewis preached about. To travel a narrow way means that we, we, we keep seeking the Lord's help to love our enemies. To travel on the narrow way means that we keep forgiving, like in the Lord's Prayer, that we keep fellowship with the Father through the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, that we keep seeking a kingdom first life. And we do it, we do it because we know this narrow way, we know this is the way that leads to life. This is the way that leads to life. Paul, that was Paul's spirit, that was his attitude. I fought a good fight, I finished my course, I've kept the faith. Henceforth there's laid it for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but also to all them that love his appearing. Now, the only way that we can do this is that we are connected to the vine, Jesus Christ, John 15. And we've heard that again and again this week, that that this whole whole Sermon on the Mount is is partly that to teach us, you are not sufficient. And so this, this life of faith of trusting in Christ for our right standing with God 
and trusting God for the strength and the grace to apply his word to us, for the power of his spirit to keep walking on this narrow way. You know, all of this is relevant. It's always relevant. It's God's word. But we're going to feel, I think we're going to feel the squeeze more and more, aren't we? We're going to feel the narrowness, the squeeze more and more. But let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. One of the best way to travel on the narrow way is to travel with others, isn't it? The best way to travel in the narrow way is to travel with others who are also traveling on the narrow way. May God, may God bless these things to our hearts.